Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to Simple Theology, a podcast connecting theology to everyday life. Mm. I'm Robert Kane. And I <laughs> am the same old Rick Gromlich. Notice there was not that added tagline, and listeners, you will That's hear right. why. You will hear why. So tune in. There is much, much more yet to come. There is. There we're gonna, is. We're going to talk about New Year's resolutions. We'll talk about New Year's resolutions. We're going to talk about Canada and their conversion therapy laws. Oh my goodness, Canada. Oh, Canada. Oh, Canada. And we're, we're going to talk about um, church alignment and why it matters. Yeah. So, and what's up with the podcast? Yeah. New logo. New logo. New... New co-hosts? No, no new co-hosts. New approach to how we're doing it. So, hope you guys enjoy it. It's a longer episode, and Lord willing, the rest of these will be longer. So, enjoy. doing rob well i would be better if our equipment worked listen 2022 is new year we're not complaining about equipment we're here we're talking we're catching up we got a new zoom pod track p4 and it even this new one is now giving us issues it's just showing that just because we're in a a new year things don't change doggone it that's right we're still in a fallen world so rob quick question for you i don't know what we were talking about we recorded for Uh, a few minutes there well let's just do a quick recap how how was how was your new year's it was great you know got to hang out with some some decent people yeah Um, average run-of-the-mill people run-of-the-mill you know (laughs) daily joe run into nothing special about these folks but you know it was a good time yeah um hung out with you guys to to rub shoulders Right, right. Rub shoulders with, with the common man again. That's right. That's right. You know, it feels good to do that once a year. <laughs> you know, I come back to Mount Vernon and, and I remember what it was like uh, with you people. <laughs> Get out of here. Um, but that was great. Got to yeah. hang out with you, yes. Candace, mm-hmm. Riley, Kelly, all of our kiddos. That was awesome. Yeah. Um, good time. Good tradition. Good tradition. Good tradition. And we'll have to tweak it next year. Yeah, we were probably. talking about that before we had to stop and... Because next year, New Year's over. Day is on a Sunday. Yeah. And if the Lord allows and we're still preaching, then we will we're still be alive. preaching that day. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yep. Cool. So, that'll be good. But, yeah, it was a, it was a great time. Yeah. It was a great time. How's the year started off for you? Really good. Yeah. I have... Um, yeah, we're going to get into this a little oh, bit. Oh, I know. I, uh, about resolutions. I'm, I'm doing an easy transition mm-hmm. here. I like that. But, um, yeah, so... With New Year's come new resolutions, new goals, new desires, kind of a fresh, mm. clean slate. Um, I was actually talking to my wife this morning about this idea of a clean slate. I love the idea, like whether it's a new year, um, a, new, a new day. That's what I think a new day brings. It's like it's a clean slate. We and we were new talking, mercies every morning. That's right. We are talking year. about the, the practicality of like our house. And I, one of the things I am just... Was never knew this about myself till 
probably the last year and a half. I love it. Genuinely high praise for when I come down in the morning and the house is in order. Oh, my goodness. Clean slate. It's a clean slate. My desk is cleared. Yep. The counter is cleared. Like, it's just, it's inviting. I want to go then do something with that. Um, So anyway, New Year, that's what it kind of feels like. And um, I have kind of gone back and forth with New Year's resolutions. Rob, are you are you a New Year's resolution guy? Not typically. Have you been? Not typically. Okay. Um, however, the the article that we're getting ready to to look at yes. is almost exactly the the rhythm that I went through. Yeah. And so, um, just just as a before we jump into it, yeah, listeners, we're oh. trying something new. Forgot. Yeah. We buried the lead on that. We did bury the lead. You'll <laughs> you'll notice that we have Whew. a new new cover art. That's our, right. Our our cover podcast artist logo got that done looks for us. different. Yeah, you know that that guy. <laughs> And that, Robert so King. that's different. Yes. And it's different. Mm-hmm. One, because we think it looks better. We like the simplicity yeah. of our simple theology yeah. logo. Yeah. Additionally, we're tweaking it a little bit. Our whole premise to the show mm. for this season, yeah. if you yeah. want to call it that. We yeah. take breaks. We take a break in August. We take a break in December. And we come back and you can call it a new season. Whatever you want to call it. This right. section between now and August, mm-hmm. we are, is it August that we take a break or is it July? Usually August. Okay. So now through July. Yeah. So now through July, we're going to take a slightly different approach. We're still, yes. we're still simple theology. We're still That's right. same. I'm still Rick. You're still Rick. You're still Rob. I'm still Rob. <laughs> we haven't changed. I'm here. I'm all, aging. The, all the fame and decadence hasn't changed. I've gained Ch- a little bit of weight. Not changed us. Rob's lost some weight. No, I but wish. we're the same people. <laughs> but the podcast has, is shifting. Yes, it's taking a slight shift. Yeah. Here's what, here's what we're going to do. So we are still mm-hmm. connecting theology to everyday life. Gosh darn it. Doggone it. We're that gonna, has not changed. Do it. We don't change for anything. That's, but here's that's the changes. Right. We're Catholic in that sense. <laughs> <laughs> we started off, Yeah. for those who have been listening since 2018, by examining shout out various, to you, long haulers. Shout out to you. By examining various doctrines of the Christian faith. Mm-hmm. And so we would go through various doctrines and we talk about how they connect to everyday life. Yeah. Because that was our whole tagline, connecting that, theology our, to everyday life. That was our goal. And then we slightly tweaked it. Mm-hmm. And Rick, you had a tough time getting over this. You'd, still, make, you'd make a comment several still times. Still not over it. Still that thinking. We were connecting theology to everyday life by examining various aspects mm-hmm. of the Christian faith. That's right. So we could go through books of the Bible or we could talk about various topics. Kind of made it a little bit more broad. Broad. Yeah. Now we're still connecting theology mm-hmm. to everyday life. Yeah. But it's almost reverse order. Mm-hmm. We're talking about things that are happening in everyday yeah. life. And talking about how theology speaks into that mm. and some of the theologies that are involved with that, how to think about those things in a biblical way. Yeah. So we're not going to be Al Mohler over here with the with we, the briefing. We'll be close. We'll be close. And we're also not going to be the Happy Rant, two podcasts we'd very mm. much so recommend, the briefing yep. and the Happy Rant. Two that we appreciate that are on kind of different ends of the spectrum. Happy Rant, very tongue-in-cheek, yeah. talking about daily stuff. Albert Mohler, very sober, yes. very much so serious. How should he we think about these things? He years. <laughs> Sober in temperament, not uh, alcohol intake. And we're probably going to float somewhere in the middle there. Yeah. So not as funny as the Happy Rant guys because they're right. just funny. Not as smart as Al Mohler because he's just smarter. So <laughs> we're the dumber. We're right we're right in the middle funny. somewhere. Yeah. No, but I th- we talked about this and how our our lives over the last three years, four years, oh my goodness, have yeah. changed. When we started this, we, had, we didn't have kids. No. Both we were talking were, about how pregnant our wives were. Both are pregnant. <laughs> wives were pregnant. Very pregnant. Different levels of pregnant. Um, yeah, so far, since then, my wife, we've had three children. Yeah. We've moved three times, four times. Uh, 
been a part of a church plant. I mean, for you guys. Yeah. Church plant. We have two kids. Yep. And I mean, it's it's busier now. Yeah. So. So so with that, it's like, man, we love the podcast. We genuinely see value in in um, encouraging one another, encouraging listeners, but just the the pace. And maybe people even felt this. Maybe even listeners, have, as again, they have tracked over the years. Just the time and the energy we've been able to give to it has not been what we want to. And part of that is what it takes to. Re- what it requires to do it well and to, to, to study prepare stuff at hand. Yeah, because yeah. you don't you don't want to just be kind of ad hoc through doctrines of the Christian faith. Yeah, right. Absolutely. So anyway, so that's kind of prompted the conversation of man, what do we do with this? We, we feel kind of tapped on time. We enjoy this. We want to keep doing it. So it's led us to this, like, hey, let's just let's kind of take pressure off as far as prepping. We still want to think about what we want to talk about, some interesting topics, what's going on in the world today, and we want to kind of connect that with, man, what, what about our theology? Yeah. How does that affect that? How do we see this kind of playing itself out? So, hence, the new podcast, and Simple new year, Theology. New year, new <laughs> podcast, new resolutions. New resolutions. That's so right. Rick, you sent this topic over. Yeah, yeah. So there is um, a guy, J.D. Um, Moroda, I think is his name. He's an Anglican priest. Yeah, can we just go mail on that? Yeah. <laughs> Like Anglicanism, yeah. I feel like I was going to ask you about this. It's getting wildly popular. Do you think you'll be Anglican eventually? No. Okay. Ever? I mean, the Thirty Nine Articles that they're they're, they're pretty like they're, they're not bad. They're, like they're pretty solid. Yeah, they're really good. They're I um I'm pretty Baptist. I'm yeah. pretty darn Baptist. Pretty darn Baptist. <laughs> and so I, I mean, uh, that's a shirt not... waiting, waiting to be made. Yeah, exactly. Pretty darn Baptist. <laughs> exactly. PDB. <laughs> I'm, I'm part of the PDB. PDB. You know me. <laughs> Anyways, so this guy is Anglican. You can take some of the SBCers. And he's, and got, go. he's got the picture. Yeah. He's got the clerical collar on. Yeah. And I'm like, man, my goodness, Anglicanism is just blowing up. This is a TGC article that we're looking yeah, at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're now, I mean. It's broad, though. That's the thing about TGC. People have to understand. You, yeah. you cannot go into the TGC world and think, I'm going into... The, the nine marks world or yeah. the desiring God. Well, they're world. noticeably more liberal than the nine marks world. Right, absolutely. I mean, still within but, that realm of yeah. conservative. They're, they're yeah. relatively, they're, they're orthodox. But, yeah. Right. And so they affirm everything that needs to be affirmed on the first tier, right? Mm-hmm, the, theological mm-hmm. triage. So you, you know that is what it is and you appreciate that. Um, an interesting thing, I heard someone talking about you know, some, some missionary brothers overseas and they're talking about like um, just the different. I can't remember how they how they used it, but they're talking about how, like did he say? yeah, like the, um, like red resources, green resources, and blue resources. I don't know what that means. They're colors of the of his ministries. Red resources, desiring God resources. Uh-huh. Blue nine marks, green TGC. That is hilarious. And they just they they probably because they're in a close country, maybe I don't know, but they talk about just the colors. Yeah. So anywho, you that's you, funny. You can't go to TGC with the expectation that you're going to like. Desiring God, or even like together for the church. Yeah. Um, so but together for the church. Uh, together yeah. for the gospel. No, no. T for G. Yeah. Tell you if, Are you talking about for the church? For the church. Thank yeah. you. Um, so yeah. Anyway, right expectations help a lot. This guy, J D. Moroda, writes about New Year's resolutions, right? And you were saying how you've been kind of off again, on again on New Year's resolutions. Yeah. He he starts off this article with stage one, stage two, stage right, three. Right. Right. So he talks about how most people, right, they want they want a resolution. So they, they have these goals and these visions. So they visions like of what they want to do with their life. So they make a, these resolutions, they get into them, they quickly fail, and then they're done. 
And then they kind of begin with like, well, because I've failed, um, I'm just not going to make any resolutions. I'm done yes. with them. So let's go with stage, stage one, yeah. make ambitious New Year's resolutions. Yeah. yeah. Stage two, having failed to accomplish last year's resolutions, mm-hmm. I refuse to make any new ones. Yes. Which right. I, I've been there. Right. This is a waste of time. I'm going to yep. get my hopes up. I'm gonna, they're going to be dashed. And then stage three is, well, I'm still not improving and I want to improve. So I'm going to modify the goals or resolutions and kind of life hack it, right? So I'm going to condense these things. They're going to be doable now. And they still do not lead generally to the results that we want. Yep. So he unpacks this idea. And then he talks about how as Christians, we often can talk about the spiritual rhythms, which are uh, a very popular New Year's resolution for believers, which it's a good thing. We want to grow. We want to uh, mature in those things. But we can even use those for selfish gains. Like, I'm going to read more. I'm going to pray more. Similar to, like, I'm going to work out more. I'm going to do better with my money from a selfish, kind of sinful perspective. We don't feel like that because we want yeah. to grow in this. But when we really reflect on what's the motivation, it's ourself. Yeah. So I found this just really interesting. Well, he and he, he gives various examples, and he says... The one that you just described there, how it's kind of self-centered, he says, mm-hmm. we kind of take the approach of project self mm-hmm. or Christ conformity. Right. Which is true. Like, you, it, maybe you're thinking about your New, Year's, your New Year's resolutions. Maybe you have some, and you might be partway in and trying to think, what's the root reason why I'm doing these resolutions? Is this yeah. project self, or is this for Christ conformity and so those two yeah. little departments were were helpful for me as I, was, as I was even thinking about it yeah so he he has this quote kind of summarizing it all up prayer bible reading intermittent fasting exercise sabbath rest these are all wonderfully healthy practices however i'm noticing many people taking up these habits as tools for what we might call project self hmm. and um question for you rob why do you feel like people are so obsessed with improving themselves it does not seem, from the limited knowledge that I have and the perspective I have, that beyond the last 30 years, 10 years maybe, probably 30 years, people like 1950s, right? John Brown wasn't like, man, how can I really improve myself? This is like a new, hmm. feels like a new thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have a lot more time, resources, and we're connected to more people. I don't know. What your thoughts? Why are we obsessed? We meaning the culture with improving ourselves. Yeah. So the initial thoughts that come to mind is, and and here's the also the other premise mm-hmm. to our new style mm-hmm. is that there's next to no prep. Next to no. So prep. we just need to qualify that. Anything we say from here until <laughs> July, for as long as we do this. Listen, guys, we don't prep well. You so just got to know that there's not a lot of prep here. <laughs> so <clears throat> we'll miss obvious things and probably put our foot in our mouth. So, but you've heard the happens. caveat here. Yeah, you've heard it. You've heard it here. Um, so the initial thoughts that come to mind mm-hmm. are social media has, has got to have some play in that. Okay. Because everybody is showing off. I was just talking about this in a sermon yesterday, or not yesterday, on Sunday. Mm-hmm. What, it, if you stop and think about how much we do to impress others, yeah. how much of what we do throughout the day is motivated by the desire to impress mm-hmm. others, mm-hmm. We, it would be embarrassing. Oh, and yeah. I know that that is the case for me. I mean, yeah. even when it comes to picking out the shirt that I wear, the shoes yeah. that I wear, like even the, like everything that I do, yeah, in some degree, yeah, is going to be motivated by 
what others perceive of me. Yeah, it's some kind of connection between conformity and impre- like, yeah, uh, and uh, flattery. Like, yeah, part of it, I just want to conform. This is what the culture does. So yep. I'm not really here to. I don't want to be thought of as weird. Right, but then the second, the other side of it is that yeah, like I kind of want people at least to appreciate. Yeah, you know. Yep. So and so I think there's that's part of it because social that's media good. That's good. just heightens that mm-hmm. it puts a microscope on it and it or maybe not a microscope but it gives it a um mag magnophone mm-hmm. yeah is that the right term a magnophone yeah i don't think so a, a megaphone megaphone yeah i almost yeah. <laughs> it, it magnifies yeah, it. no prep guys no prep <laughs> <laughs> so um, limited to vocabulary there it is a megaphone a megaphone yeah. and it just takes this yeah. desire to impress others and put it on display. Absolutely. And so whether that's, it, that's the only reason it's, it's there, dude. Whether it is a picture of a vacation, whether it is your the yeah. books you want to read this year, whether it is the obligatory candid Christmas photo of you and your right. family in just so happen to be matching pajamas because right. that's what we always wear. We always wear like no, and and that, there's nothing wrong with that to a point. But when it comes to New Year's, that's mm-hmm. just another. Oh hey. Here, here's my yeah, resolutions. Yeah. Here's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. And it's another opportunity yeah. to show people mm-hmm. what you're doing. And so therefore, some trying to impress others. Another thing is we that comes to mind is we live in a Western capitalistic society. Yeah. And I am I am for that. I yeah. think I think we model what it looks like mm-hmm. to have a society built on Christian values better than anywhere anywhere else in the world. Okay. And that's not to say Again, no prep. That's not to say (laughs) that we are a um, perfect example of what it looks like to be a Christian nation. Right. But I think the Christian principle of you work hard and you get rewarded for your labor is a good one. Mm -hmm. And I think capitalism Mm -hmm. does that better than something like socialism. Mm -hmm. And so putting it that way. Right, right, right. I think there's a desire an unhealthy desire that's yeah. that now comes out of capitalism. Even though I think capitalism is good, there's the underbelly of it mm-hmm. where you always have to have more. Yes. Because yeah. that's what success yeah. is, is measuring more. Gluttony. And so I was talking with somebody about my the job that I work outside of the church. I report to someone, mm-hmm. and that person reports to someone. Right. And that person reports to someone. Wow. And eventually, even the CEO and the president and the the right. board right right and so the right. shareholders are always wanting to see growth because then they make more on their investments about. right right and so if there's not growth mm-hmm. then it looks like it's a failed investment right and so then we take that principle and we project it onto ourselves where if i'm not growing as a person if i'm not getting better at these various things yeah then mm-hmm. i'm wasting what i have you're, it's like at, you're atrophying yeah that's a word. and and, and Self-improvement, yeah. that's wonderful. Right, right. But like the the idea of I have to yeah. get better. I yeah. have to do this thing. Yeah. Rather than being content and just trying to enjoy the Lord more, mm-hmm. um, I think is partially because of the society that we live in. Yeah. Oh, agree with that. All that I would say, just to, to add in, like... Add in. I, f- I feel like we... Uh, I, don't, I shouldn't say I feel like... The reality is without Christ, you're hopeless. So as Christians, uh, we rest in our salvation, and we we Sabbath, right? So we Christ is our rest. Mm-hmm. We've been given that. So there there is um, no amount of work that we can do to put ourselves in a better grace with God, in a better position with Him, if He has 
saved us and redeemed us. So it, it flips, uh, what the gospel does is flip everything on its head and say, okay, listen, you can't improve enough. You can't do all these things. Just rest in, in who like who you are in Christ. Yeah. Whereas in the world, their only hope is they're going to somehow achieve something. Right? This is the Tower of Babel. Like, hmm. like we, we will just build our own kind of kingdom and our own... Um, deity and we're going to worship it we're going to grow and then so that's always been the human heart but then like you're saying social media the culture like you add in like a hundred years ago people weren't just climbing leadership through companies you know so that they could just uh, take pictures and share with all their friends but now it's like we even the individual average person because of the power of social media the power of 15 likes on average a day or whatever. Yeah. They do all these things with like a mental, not, they're not even aware of it, but like this subconsciousness of like cameras and lights and mirrors around us of like everyone's watching and I'm doing something and it's worth recording. Yeah. Like, I don't know how many events in our life are actually worth recording for people who aren't in our immediate circles. Yep. Like, that's it. One, two, like how many events in your life are worth. People outside your circle, you get, when you get married, when you have kids. Yeah. I don't I mean, what else is like, the whole world needs to be like in on this. Well, that's it. I, I was making the joke that recently I've become my dad. Yeah. You're talking about this before, taking Dude, pictures. My dad would yeah. buy digital cameras and it was a big deal because yeah. these digital cameras, you need to change the film. Yeah. And so when they came out, my dad was like, this is great. I can take pictures of my right. son's baseball games, my daughter's softball games, like events that they have. Like, this is awesome. And now with the phones, you can just take pictures all the time. I, dude, I take yeah. pictures all the time. Yeah. I, however, I've, I've found that, and this is just because of my laziness, not because I mm-hmm. actually have a firmly held theological um, conviction about whether I should or shouldn't post on social media. Right. But because I'm just, it's too much effort for me mm-hmm. to then take those pictures and post them on social media. I'm like, ah, I'm not going to do that. But I'll yeah. still take the pictures. I want to yeah. have it. I want to be able to look at it right. a year, five years, 10 years if the Lord allows to right. so look back on those things, I would like to be able to share those where, I mean, we were just at uh, the Swansons for Addie's fourth birthday party, yeah. and Levi's doing this hilarious dance. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's hilarious. If I, if I posted that on social media, if you posted on social media, get a ton of likes. We get, we'd be rich. <laughs> Rain money. Levi, you're talented, not that talented. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, but I took video and like, I'll send that to, yeah. to Rick and Candace. The video itself was worth taking. Yeah. Like, the picture itself, for the picture, was worth taking. Okay, so here's here's a, one more question. We'll go through this quickly. We'll, we'll move on. Is discipline, talking about New Year's, all this stuff, do you feel like discipline is built, or is it received by the Holy Spirit? It's kind of a trick question, but... I was going to say, would it not be both? I, I, think, say, I, think, I think the root of any form of godliness mm-hmm. is going to be the Holy Spirit. Right. Initiating it. Right. And then as we work out our salvation, as we work to grow in our knowledge and maturity, and even the scriptures say when people die for lack of knowledge, so as we grow yeah. in those things and we yeah. enjoy God more, right? we become increasingly aware of our dependence on the Spirit and need yes. for the Spirit to accomplish some of these things. And Yeah. I think it works both ways. No, 100%. I think that um, I remember being with a, another pastor when I was just, fresh into ministry and he we were talking about disciplines or something and he just said um kind of offhandedly i never thought about it's like yeah discipline you know it's a fruit of the spirit so without the spirit you can't have it Hmm. and i was like 
Dang, it is a fruit of the spirit. That is isn't a good it? point. And and what I, the point is, like you can be rigid and physically disciplined without the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. But you cannot be disciplined in a way that honors God. Yeah. Right? You can in a way that is producing good um, via the Holy Spirit in you without the Holy Spirit. So yeah. you can be uh, disciplined for your own sake. And this kind of gets back to the article. It's like if you're disciplined for selfish reasons, you're disciplined because you want to do better for yourself, even if you're naive and you think, well, if I'm doing better, then I'll have a better ministry. It's like, well, mm. whatever the heart of why you're doing, it always bears out. Yeah. Right? So if you're failing, if you're giving up again and again, it's just not working, it's probably, potentially, because you're doing it for selfish reasons, not with the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And, so and, it's a strong statement. Well, and, and to clarify, because there, bring I'm, a sure, clarification. I'm sure there'll be somebody who turns to Galatians 5 and be like, I don't see discipline in fruit of the Spirit. You're referring to discipline as self-control. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, I, I like what he said about self, the Sabbath. So he gave yeah. two examples of Project Self versus mm-hmm. Christ Conformity. And the first one was Sabbath rest. Mm-hmm. And so Project Self... Yeah. might say something along the lines of, I use the weekly habit of Sabbath rest as a way to unwind, detox, and rest after a long, hard week. It refreshes me and feels like a reward for my labor. Mm. Whereas the Christ conformity version of Sabbath rest look like I practice the weekly habit of Sabbath rest in order to remember that God alone holds all things together, not me. I rest in the accomplished work of Jesus, even if my own work hasn't gone very well this week. Just a difference between project self versus Christ conformity. When it comes to prayer, he says, uh, the project self would say, I use daily prayer because it centers me, slows me down, helps me to focus and to be mindful. I feel much better after I pray. Mm -hmm. A lot of eyes and me there. Christ conformity, I practice daily prayer in order to commune with the living God to whom I owe the fullness of gratitude for every breath, every good thing, and my eternal salvation. So just the difference of yes. what your motivation is yeah. for whatever that's your right. resolutions may be if you if you do resolutions. Yeah. No, that's good. Well said by an Anglican. Yeah, by an say. Anglican. He's not a and, Baptist, but... And I, and I would just... Uh, an this would be my last comment on this. <laughs> what motivates you is your idol. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. So, so if you're motivated, whatever it is, um, and you have to do a lot of kind of heart searching, if it's of the Lord, praise the Lord for that. Yeah. Anything else? That's idolatry. Yep. Yeah. Speaking of idolatry. Speaking of idolatry. You want to run into the second topic? You want to introduce this? The conversion therapy? That's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, breaking news as of like early December dun, last dun, year. Dun, dun, dun. It should be our new intro music, I think. <laughs> Next up on Simple Theology. Um, so, conversion therapy, this, this Canada just passed a law in, in December, just took effect the 7th of January banning conversion therapy. Um, this is some quotes from NPR. It says, The bill defines conversion therapy as any practice, treatment, or service designed to change or oppress a person's um, orientation. Are we allowed to say that word? I don't know. Orientation? The word after. Um, oh, hold on. I, I don't have it pulled up. <laughs> okay. So just go well, ahead and say it. If I have to bleep it, I'll bleep uh, it. Sexual orientation. Oh, yeah, you can say that. Um, can we say sexual? Yeah. Okay. I mean, when we read scripture, we, we see sexual immorality. <laughs> no, but I'm talking about the podcast, people listen, and I don't know. Um, so, yeah, the bill defines conversion therapy as anyone who practices treatment. So, therapy as any practice, treatment, or service designed to change or oppress a person's sexual orientation, gender identity, or gender expression. Okay, so this idea that Canada is saying, listen, and similar laws in Great Britain have come into effect. Um, several countries in Europe have similar, similar laws. There's 20 states 
in America that have banned conversion therapy for minors, right? So here's here's the gist of it. The way, from my understanding, again, not a whole lot of prep here, but Canada is saying if you have a conversation where you're trying to encourage someone to change, to con- convert their identity, sexual orientation or whatever, to what you think it is, that's out, that's illegal. Now, um, here's another quote. Those techniques can range from talk and behavior therapy to medical treatments and have been discredited by major medical associations in many countries, including the U.S., as well as the United Nations, World Health Organization, Amnesty International, and other groups. Critics say the practice causes harm to its victims and is based on the false premise, the fa- their claim, false premise, Canada's claim, uh, false premise that sexual orientation and gender identity can or should be quote-unquote cured. So here's the, here's the thing. If, you're, if you feel like Man, I, I have a I ha, I like I'm struggling with my sexual identity, and I go to you, Rob, and um, not maybe I'm not soliciting that you can cure me, but I'm just sharing with you. And you're like, well, brother, I think part of the problem is this is how God has designed you to live. Mm-hmm. This isn't God's design for you, and here's what His design is for you. And here's let's talk and pray about this. You've now like you're you've broken the law, and yeah. they don't lay out what the consequences are of this as of yet. Um, but it's really interesting that one. Um, so they call it convert, like they they're banning conversion therapy, but it's not like you have to be a therapist. Yeah, right. That's that's the first thing. Um, it's not therapy if you're not a therapist, hmm. right? It's not. I can't walk out onto a field as a parent and, and coach the kids. I can yell at them, tell them to do, but I'm not the coach. Hmm. I'm a parent. Now, if someone wants to make me a coach, I'm then, the co- I'm then coaching, Yeah. right? So if I'm not a therapist, I'm not, like, how, the, the use of language is super, um, is unhelpful and confusing. It is. I would imagine they would say that if someone is coming to you with a question, they yeah. are making you the therapist. I, that, I, I'm just, no, as that, if they were in the room, I'm guessing, yeah, that's I'm what guessing that's what they're... Um, the other thing I find interesting about this, you don't see this kind of logic or rationale anywhere else in our society. Yeah. You don't see this kind of logic where it's like, if you go to somebody asking for advice and they give you advice that we as the government disagree with, hmm. they are now against, like That's they've broken the law. Yeah, I mean, you can go to someone, you can go to a, a Klan's member and say, man, I, I want to be a racist. How do I be a racist? And they can tell you what it looks like to be a racist and be a part of their, their little group. Yeah. But that's legal, hmm. right? That's legal. Not anymore. Right, and if you took the same not that logic, you're advocating for not, not at all, right? <laughs> and, and, and to be fair, like there has been a lot of harm done in conversion yeah. therapy. Oh yeah, right? for sure. So it's not like um, we want to dive into that, but it, just, it blows my mind. We live in a, in a, a culture that has come from um, the uh, just what's not, I was going to say the industrial revolution, but the enlightenment, mm, yeah. the power of ideas, yeah. and now we're at a spot where we will. We will stomp out your idea. Yeah, we've we've decided for right? you what the right yes. ideas are. So, this is my third point, and then you can riff on this a little bit. Thought crime, right? So, if you're for okay. fil- if you're familiar with 1984, um, George Orwell's book, right? Any kind of socialist dystopian, they talk about like thought crime. Like it's wrong for you to think that. Hmm. And we're going to tell you there's a famous kind of scene in that book where. Early in the book, they're trying to get, I can't remember the main character's name, but they're trying to get him to just believe whatever he's told by the government, 
So they tell him two plus two equals five, right? And he he won't he won't consent. They torture him for years, and eventually, he full heartedly believes two plus two is five. So oh, man. so but that's that, this idea of thought crime. Like you cannot think that. Yeah. And we, as the government, will regulate that, and we will yeah. persecute or, or prosecute you for thinking that way. Yeah. So even if someone who's maybe I haven't shared with you that I have sexual orientation issues, and I come to you and say, "Man, w- Rob, what do you think about conversion therapy? What do you think about this? What do you, you know? How, how would one go about that?" And you're like, "Well, here's just my thoughts on that." Yeah. But y- you have broken their law. Yeah, crime. Yeah. So it's it's something that I don't know how you enforce it. I don't know how. Um, I don't know how it just it pits everyone against one another. Yeah. So it's super fascinating. And fascinating sounds positive, but from just a social perspective, social yeah. science perspective, to see how this culture is going to embrace this and what they're going to do with it. But it's very damaging for uh, the culture. And yeah. obviously, anyone who has any kind of opinion about because it doesn't stop here. Yeah. It's not going to stop with um, the LGBT issues and all those things yeah yeah I don't, so, so the frustrating thing about it is that it flies in the face of religious freedom mm-hmm. and at the end of the day religious freedom is a good thing i know john MacArthur just had a, a long spout on how religious freedom he's not for it and i get what he's saying we're not for people embracing something that's going to send them to hell that, that was his his thing mm. and i i agree with what he's saying however i also recognize that any forced belief onto somebody is not genuine belief right and so with that caveat religious freedom right is in large part a good thing that Mm -hmm. people can decide Mm -hmm. what they want to believe now the frustrating thing is as an american who values these things i cannot see how these two things can come together in harmony and so I know I know Canada mm. is not America. Oh Canada. Yeah. Oh Canada. What have you done? <laughs> but I also see that many of the things that Canada ends up doing makes its way to yeah. America. Yep. Naturally. And you you said already twenty states including have, maple syrup. Have banned including maple syrup. <laughs> have banned conversion therapy for minors. Yeah. No, you have to you have to define what is therapy. Exactly. And what if what if that person reaches out to you and says yeah. I recognize that acting on same-sex attraction mm-hmm. is sinful. Right. And the Bible says that. Yeah. Help me, brother. Yeah. Or maybe they're just talking to a, another sister in Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, help me fight against this. Yeah. What, what are something like that to engage in that conversation mm-hmm. for it to be illegal right. cannot be healthy. No. And no. and so that's frustrating. But it, but it's also just a matter of if pastors now are going to be put in this difficult spot of either be faithful mm-hmm. or be persecuted. Yeah. And I will say right now, mm-hmm. the only answer is to be faithful. Absolutely. Right. But there will be pastors mm-hmm. who look at it pragmatically and say, well, maybe you should look into it. Here's yeah. some recommended resources. I'm not going to give you. When, yeah. like, let's be honest, if someone reads something in a book, Mm-hmm. Very sure, helpful. Right, right. I've gleaned a lot from books. Very grateful for books. But it's different if a spiritual mentor, right, or a pastor says, "Brother, this is what's true." Mm-hmm. Right. This is what I perceive you to be wrestling with. 
this is what's true. Yeah. Let me just tell you. Right. And we need that. Absolutely. And to take that aspect away, even for somebody who is seeking it out, mm-hmm. is going to have massive spiritual yeah. detriment. Absolutely. It will. And so for a nation to, to say, hey, like, we're going to tell you what to think. Yeah. And your religious freedom, like, yeah. that is, takes second place to this. Yeah. You know, you know what the some of the ironies I just think about. It's like you are you're banning people's freedom to talk and to even just have a conversation about what they want. Yeah, because it's damaging and it's harmful. Mm-hmm. You think you think cigarettes are banned in Canada? Yeah, great right? question. You know, a great point. You think alcohol is banned? No. no, not at all. Yeah, right. Destroying lives left and right. Yeah, right. Not banned. So, so they don't care about, obviously, the individuals. They don't care about the people. That's not news, but it's just good perspective. So the last thing I just want to comment on this, um, it's infuriating. 100% agree. Like, we, we are called to faithfulness, and you trust the Lord. I mean, we will, we're here for more mere moments. It's a vapor. Yeah. Right? We, want to be, we want to be faithful and follow the Lord because um, he's called us to a life with him for yeah. eternity. Yeah. Um, but the last thing, or, one more thing. I, I did read an article where it said that uh, these kind of conversations, conversion therapy conversations, could happen with therapists who are affirming of all kinds of orientations. So if you are exclusive saying, I just believe like there's a man, there's a woman, and these are the proper things, like you would not be a therapist who would be allowed to have a conversation with someone who's maybe transitioning from from homosexual back to heterosexual or whatever. But if you were affirming of all kinds of sexual orientations and beliefs, then you could have that conversation with someone. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Grief. So good here's grief. the thing, last thing I want to say, and I think this is where um, Christians have got some of this stuff kind of wrong. We've all got many things wrong, but um, making people straight or converting them to, to straight or cure is not our goal, yeah. right? Our goal is to see them love Jesus and be a disciple, a faithful disciple of Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. So they might struggle with same-sex attraction. They might struggle with um, their gender identity. Yeah. Like the, those, these are consequences of the fall. These things aren't made up. Yeah. This is this is uh, the consequence of sin in, in the world, right? And our goal isn't to make them straight, right? Make yeah. sure that they, hey, stand up straight, you know, tuck your shirt in, brush your teeth. No, that's not our goal. That that happens, okay. But our goal is to make them faithful followers of Jesus Christ. Yeah, and with the, with the understanding that faithful followers of Jesus Christ may wrestle with yep, sin yep. and may be tempted by sin, yeah. But they fight against acting on it. So you someone, and I, you and I both, fa- faithful, desire to follow the Lord, pastors. But we struggle with sexual sin. Oh yeah, man. Every like single person does. The temptation. Yep. Yeah. Almost every single person does. Yeah. Temptation yep. is. All around yeah. us, so every day. It's not a matter of, do I struggle with this? It's, am I being faithful to Christ? Yes. So yeah, yes. so that's kind of the whole thing. Conversion therapy, it's um, it's so crazy that Canaan has passed a law saying you can't talk about these things, yeah. essentially. You can't have a conversation. Um, it's scary, and it's, I don't want to say hysterical, but it's just like, you can't even begin to comprehend how ridiculous this is. But, yeah. he, but the Lord has called us to be faithful. Let us be faithful to that and prepare for hard times, man. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. 
Sports. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. So. Yep, yep. And then this third topic here. Ooh, here we go. Out. So speaking of being faithful, which I just want, I just want. I know you're doing a great transition there, but I, I, we forgot we, we forgot to say this earlier on. Another transition, or, or think, speaking of transition or conversions, <laughs> yeah. we we're not going to go to we're not going to be weekly anymore, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're going to a bi-weekly <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you really did a good job choosing your spot as to when we would announce that. We are transitioning to a bi-weekly. That's right, bi-weekly. Yeah. So, 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 so the, the hope is that the yeah. episodes will be longer. Yes. So which, previously episodes, and you're from, I don't know, typically 25, 35 minutes. The hope is that these episodes will be longer. So yeah. push in an hour. That's right. So, I mean, you'll see how long this first one how goes. Long, how, where are we at? We're at 39 minutes, okay. so we got some time. We got some time. All right. We got, so, we got, we got stuff to talk about. Yeah. This is a good one. Okay. So I just want to talk um, for a moment or two, because we're about out of time here, uh, on, <laughs> on, on church alignment, right? Yes. So this is, um, I feel like, again, where we live in a day and age where it's a church buffet out there. We, You know, people have... I was going to say people have cars, like that's a new thing. But it is a relatively new thing in the Christian world. Like yeah. most people in America, within 30 minutes, you can get to almost any kind of church you want to be in. Yep. So how do people figure out where where they should be, what kind of church they should be in? So this is about like kind of church alignment. Um, and so I kind of broke this out into uh, differences of theology and ecclesiology, so what you believe about God, what you believe about His church, mm-hmm. right? And then... Differences of philosophy of ministry. Okay. Because you can align, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. theologically, ecclesiology, but, mean, but very much different kind of philosophy yeah. within within that. That's it. Um, so, yeah, just want to talk about that. Uh, theology, ecclesiology. What are some differences there? How much do I need to align with the church's um, uh, statement of faith, their, mm-hmm. their, their uh, doctrine? Yeah, so coming at this from a... Baptist, who is a Congregationalist, mm-hmm. uh, my answer might be different than someone like a Tim Keller or an R.C. Sproul. Are there Baptists who are not Congregationalists? Yeah, certainly. Certainly. I mean, Congregation loosely like they're autonomous. Oh, Let me say no. It that way. No. I mean, okay. not, I mean, not to my knowledge off the top of my head. So, again, no prep. Another definition of Baptist is. Yeah, is that each the. Congregation is. Yep. Self-containing. Exactly. But um, yeah, so you're, when I you're say take... congregationalist, I mean the congregation as the final authority. Yep, yep, on yep. who they choose as leaders. Right. As the, the, the theology, the doctrine. Exactly. So Exactly. Now, with that... Citizens Church right here. I will say, um, Paul Washer has this quote of saying, um, don't choose the church that's closest to your house. Choose the church that's closest to the Bible. Mm. And I love that. <sighs> Paul. I think that's fantastic. Um but w- with that, this is a good question because now yeah. that we're in, we have a society where cars are the norm, it is, and we don't want it to totally disregard proximity to your house and Absolutely. your community where that you is, live. That, that's helpful. That's very, very important. Yeah, it is important. Um, I agree with Paul Washer that it's more important to be in a faithful Absolutely. church that's close to the Bible. Now, with that said, this, that makes this question mm. all the more important right. because now we're previously, proximity-wise, before cars... We had maybe three churches, four churches to choose from, the yeah. local Baptist church, the Lutheran church, the Methodist church, the Episcopalian church. I mean, mm-hmm. you could you had a few to choose from. Yeah. Now it's like, hey, not only do we have the ones in our community, but we also have the ones five minutes outside of our community, mm-hmm. ten minutes outside, like whatever radius you're comfortable right, right. going. Yeah. And so, and there's, 
healthy aspects to going outside of your community and there's unhealthy aspects. So if you're driving an hour and a half to church and you're passing two dozen churches that are right. healthy as well, then there might be an issue. Right, right. So caveats all how, how, how done over do there. Do you know, the? this is a, a personal question about your personal congregation, what's the furthest someone drives to, to gather with you guys on a Sunday? I want to say 40 minutes. Okay. That's a haul. But yeah. that's I would say that's not uncommon. May, no, I, I think there's there's a lady who comes from Mansfield. Yeah. Um, she was a member of the church, and then she purchased a house in Mansfield. So she was a member before moving out there. Yeah. And can't find any good churches in Mansfield. Well, I I recommended. <laughs> uh, I only know of like like one or two. So um, the name slipped my mind, but yeah. one that Luke Miller's at. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I recommended that church, and and she said. Yeah, maybe, but for now, I, I want to yeah. stay here. Yeah. So, okay, that's fine. So she's been making the trip. Yeah. But, yeah, I think she probably drives 50 minutes, maybe even yeah. an hour. Yeah. But that's not the majority. Sorry. Th- anyway. Thankfully. But regardless. Yeah. Um, so what what you described was the theology, what we believe about God, yeah. the ecclesiology, what we believe about the mm-hmm. church, and then the philosophy of ministry. That's mm-hmm. almost, it's mm-hmm. not a perfect parallel, but it's almost... Similar to the theological triage conversation, right. first tier, second tier, third tier. First tier, just as a recap, is whether or not you're a Christian, Orthodoxy. whether or not you're in the yeah. household of faith. And so yeah. you might be Lutheran, you might be Presbyterian, you might be Baptist, like whatever. You're in the Ang- household of faith. Anglican? Even those Anglicans and their clerical collars are in the household <laughs> of faith. Would you put Greek Orthodox? I Eastern? would be hesitant. Okay. I would be hesitant. Um, would you put and, them before Catholics? Uh, see, I don't even know if I feel comfortable saying which one I'd put first. The yeah. fact that it's not <laughs> the explicit gospel makes me just say, yeah. you know what, you're not in. You know what, you're out. Um, okay, that's a very, I mean, and so, and so different with you, but yeah. I would think there would be people within yeah. each of those camps for that sure, are for Christian. sure. Absolutely. Now, with that said, the first tier, just as a recap, whether or not you're in the household of faith. Second tier, you're in the would household of faith. Would you put Catholics in that? <laughs> Golly. <laughs> Second tier, you're in the household of faith, but you would worship at a different church yeah. because the example I always give is maybe you believe that you should be baptizing babies. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, you probably wouldn't go to a Baptist church that practice credo-baptism. Right. You'd right. go to a Presbyterian or a Lutheran church that does pedo-baptism. Um, or, then, or maybe you get to the third tier where yeah, you right. agree on church practice for the most part, some of the big things that would distinguish whether or not you should be at that right. church or not. Um you're in the household of faith, but now third tier, the example I typically use is end times. Mm, um, yeah, like, millennium. Yeah, I'm post-mill, or I'm on-mill, or I'm pre-mill. And, like, these people... I think Paul was pre-mill. <laughs> I think he was on-mill. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> these people can be can be in the same church yes. and worship together right, right. and lock arms right. and just have some theological disagreements on some stuff. Right. There's, there's a guy at our church who I love dearly, and he's he's wicked smart, too, and he's post-mill. Is that wicked with a good... Uh, it's a good wicked, okay. yeah. yeah. Wicked smart. <laughs> yeah, and he's post-mill. And he and I, we were talking about Mark Would you use Mark wicked, 13. like, in a sermon? Yeah. In a positive way? Yeah, yeah. I'd say wicked smart in a sermon. Would you, would yeah. you, would you say um, bullcrap in a sermon? No. Okay. Yeah. Would you say crap in a sermon? No. Would you say sucks? Probably not. Would you say? And I say no to these things. Hopefully, totally. totally may, may are, are you saying because because they're just like they're low level like ignorant words? No, I think I think those they also convey like a, a substitution of a swear word. Mm. Whereas wicked is just clear no, evil. 
yeah, evil, sin, wicked. Right. These things are words in the Bible. Wicked smart. So I'll use so them. Wicked smart. <laughs> so I'll use them. Wicked smart. Dude, we, we, um, what are we doing? Uh, Christmas, Christmas service, Christmas Adam service. Someone's reading a passage. For those who are unfamiliar, that's the Eve of the Eve. <laughs> that's right. Adam was first. Um, <laughs> and, uh, we might have been reading part of it on like KGV or something, but it just had like, instead of donkey, it said ass. Uh-huh. And it's just like, yeah, well, that's what it is. We're glad I got to put the explicit E in front of this episode now. <laughs> We're a new podcast. That's right. Things are Check changing, people. <laughs> no, but so so with the, the triage, like theological alignment, like you, you believe what they believe about yeah. um, not just like, okay, the core things about Christian faith, but like even some kind of ways those things play out. Like, yeah. like we're, we're more reformed, we're more um, Arminian, we, we, those kinds of things. And then ecclesiology, yep. like, hey, I, I believe that should be some hierarchy with other churches, like a kind of more of a Presbyterian, yep. or, or I'm kind of more congregational. Like I think the congregation is self-sufficient. Uh, so it's some ecclesiology alignment. And then below that, some philosophy. Man, how do you guys do programs? What do you, yeah, what do you yeah, emphasize yeah. Your, your money, all those things? Yeah, so in terms of how much needs to be aligned, mm-hmm. I think... Again, coming at this as a congregationalist, mm-hmm. that um, when it comes to their statement of faith, yeah, I think you should agree wholeheartedly. I, I think key word there. I think whole. you should. I think you should affirm their statement of faith. Yes, uh, affirm it. Yep. Yeah. If there's a portion of the statement of faith where you say I disagree, right? Then, as a congregationalist, right, I would say then you shouldn't join the membership of that church because this collective statement of faith of the membership of that church, the church is are the members, right? It says this, right. And if you can't affirm this, right. then you shouldn't be a member there. And you but, might be able to go beyond it. Yeah, on some exactly, things, exactly. But not below it. Yep. Um, how those things play out, mm-hmm. I think there's there's room to disagree. Um, yeah. And so we were we were members of a church here in town for three years, mm-hmm. and their philosophy of ministry is different than ours. Yeah. And was that that? I was gonna make a joke, but <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and like mm. they're preaching the gospel. Yeah. Disciples are being made. Yep. And um, we would do things differently. Right. They are a little bit more attractional, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And like they're still proclaiming the gospel, still faithful, still within the household of faith, yes. and still within Baptist um, ecclesiology, slightly different flavor of Baptist ecclesiology yeah. than what, yeah. what I would be as a congregationalist. However, we were able to serve there faithfully and yeah, yeah, love yeah. the people there yeah. and be no members ca- no of No conscience, church. no... no um, Checking your spirit or those things. Yeah, no, right, right. And, and so, yeah. Um, with that, I think philosophy of ministry is important, but it takes a secondary seat to mm-hmm. the theology. And so, correct. The caveat that you have to make, and I've just been caveating all over the place. Caveat it is that your theology always drives your philosophy of ministry. Right. Right. And so, you have to be able to have enough Christian maturity to understand your position yeah. and say. My theology is this, mm-hmm. therefore, here are faithful practices of this. Because mm-hmm. one of the things that I'm understanding in an increasing measure is that there's a direct correlation between Christian maturity and Christian charity. Absolutely. If someone is incredibly uncharitable, they say, mm-hmm. it's my way or the highway, and there's some there's some ways some things that are that way exclusivity of Christ some of these first tier issues right 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 um, and you're gonna be you're gonna be um, locked in on that with other 
it's brothers and sisters. Yeah, exactly. As well. This is first and second tier. Yeah. You guys agree on those first and second tier issues. If you are yeah. that way on a third tier issue, then and you're not willing to be charitable mm-hmm. and say, yeah, you, we might believe the yeah. same things at this church, right. and you might practice it slightly different. You right. might think we do need a teen ministry, and the person over here might say, no, I think the teen should be yeah. um, doing a lot of the things that the adults are doing. Right, and, right. And so you might just do that a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Where there's maturity, mm-hmm. there's charity. That's good. Did you get that out of a book, or is that I did. That, dude, that's an OG <laughs> Rob yes. believe it or not. Write a book. There's not. Oh, I mean, I've got a sentence. That's not how sure every, I have a book. <laughs> that's how every book begins with one sentence. That's right. That's right. The book of a thousand sentences begins with one. Mm. Um, is that is that you, or is that? Did you read that somewhere? Nope, that's me. That's you. <laughs> you should write a book. It's an old Chinese Rick proverb that <laughs> the journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. <laughs> oh, um, but, but all that to say, yeah, um, you need to have enough maturity to be able yes. to recognize there might be different practices here and. If you can do that, if you mm-hmm. can have an understanding of, okay, I believe fill in the blank. Right. And there's a few faithful ways to believe this yeah. and still be consistent in your practice. Right. And they do it differently. Yeah. That's okay. Exactly. Then that's why I say theology, you should agree on the theology and then the philosophy of ministry, some of the practice of that, it may look different, but the right. philosophy of ministry takes a secondary seat to the theology. Yeah. Yeah. So I, th- I agree. I think you have to understand, like, you're your personal convictions and like philosophy and ministry that it's a spectrum right mm-hmm. there's the seeker sensitive yeah right that's one end we feel we see a lot of that in our day and age day and age but there's also the other end is where churches like unless you're a member like you're not this isn't for you <laughs> like mm-hmm. our gathering is just for those who are committed to our members yeah. like as membership so that's you know there's a spectrum there relevant and cool right so yeah. it's like wicked attractive, you know what I'm saying? Wicked. Wicked, smart. Um, or just kind of old-fashioned and kind of stoic. There's very program-driven, like we have all these things we can offer you, here's this, choose that, kind of, yeah. you know, whatever Buffet you need. style. Right. Whatever you need, whatever you're feeling. Yeah. Come and, then, and get it. And then there's like the relationship-driven. Right. Yeah. And there's there's pros and cons, all those things, right? So we're not going to get into our take on those things, but rather there's a spectrum of these things, and you have to land partially based on your conviction, partially what's available, mm-hmm. right? So this is where I think it's good to say, as you're saying, like, okay, wouldn't do it that way, but that's okay. Yeah. You know, this, actually, this is an issue. Yeah. Uh, we need to really think about that. We, we align theologically, we align, but this philosophy, like, man, I, I just I feel like if I'm going to commit to that, that's going to really be difficult. Yeah. And it takes maturity to, to understand an issue that you can just say, I'm going I'm to... I'm going to lay down my preference and and love and be charitable. Or, you know, I could do that, but it's just probably best that I'm I'm going to try to find somewhere else to serve and to to give and those things. Um, Because I think that people have to understand, like, you have blind spots. Yeah. Right? And this is why it's important to ask a lot of questions. We did a membership class Saturday, and it's always a great time. Usually people are there after they've been attending for, for a while. Mm-hmm. And things begin to come up and be like, well, I didn't know this and I don't know that. Which is great. Like, you discover that now. But ask a lot of questions so that you're not just, again, blindsided yeah. by like, oh my gosh, I didn't know this. Like, well, mm-hmm. you never asked this, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so be clear about your questions and understand like, you, yeah, you don't you don't know it all. You don't mm-hmm. know how everything should be ran. Um and just be honest with what you believe. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Just be honest. This is what I believe. This is what I think. This is my take on it. I think that 
I, I relate the church similar to, to, to marriage in that it's not there to be convenient or to be um, easy. Yeah. Right? It's not designed to be an easy thing. It's designed to grind kind of on your selfish yeah. sin yeah. and your self nature and to make you more love more love others more and that's a hard thing. And so we need to be mindful of that as we look to join a church and think, okay, what do we align? It's like this is a place that by God's design is gonna chip away, should be yeah. chipping away at you. Well and, and as you seek to join a church, have have those things that are kind of the non negotiables for you. Right. And then have those things where it'd be nice if this right. was the case. But if it's not, that's that's not the end mm-hmm. of the world. So it, yeah. one of the things you talk about how the church is similar to marriage and mm-hmm. that it's not meant to to be convenient or easy. Man, there are ways that Danielle is very different from me, and that has forced me to grow. Absolutely. And same vice versa. Yeah. And if you enter into a church and you're like, the minute that something is not as I expected, yeah, like I'm gonna flip the lid. I'm gonna be upset. Yeah. Right. Because those people are unbearable, and you are not—you mm. are not helpful to your church. <laughs> like you, yeah, you are not loving the church. You're loving yourself, right? Right. And if you, if you go in, and you think, how can I love these people? Right. Like we 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 agree on the statement yeah. of faith. We agree on the the major things. Yeah. They might do things differently, but doggone it! Like I love these people so much. I'm I'm here to build up the body of Christ. Right. I'm here to build them up because I love Christ. And then I, I love them as well because I love Christ. And so therefore, mm-hmm. I will be here. Even I will overlook some of the differences that we have for the sake of the gospel going forward, for the sake of disciples being made, for the sake of the people in this congregation being encouraged, and for the sake of Christ being glorified in the whole process. Exactly. This, um, this reminded me, so I would just add to that, even if you're in a church and you're like, man, I don't know if we align anymore. I don't know where, like, and you're feeling, well, we, we should jump, we should go do this other thing. Like, you need to ask, you need to move slowly and ask a lot of questions. But this is what Titus, uh, Paul says to Titus, remind them to be submissive, this is chapter 3, verse 1, submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, to show perfect courtesy toward all people. Hmm. For Why? Why should they do this stuff that's remarkable? And apart from the Holy Spirit, they can't do it. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of our God, our Savior, appeared, He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy. Like, it's just a reminder that wherever you're at, you're, you're seeking alignment, but you're seeking to live out that. Yeah. To, to be gentle, to show courtesy, perfect courtesy to all people, to be kind, to speak evil of no one. Why? Because I mean, we used to spend our days doing that. Yeah. That's the way of death. That, that's our their old life. That's the way of the flesh. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so join a church that is close to the Bible, mm-hmm. as close to the Bible as you can find. Yeah. And then... Go into it understanding. And be humble in that. Right? Exactly. <laughs> be humble in your convictions. Yeah. And go into that understanding that even still, you're probably not going to agree on everything. And mm-hmm. know that that disagreement there yeah. is meant to sharpen you and is That's meant right. to grow you. And you may disagree with, with something that the church is doing, mm-hmm. and you may be someone who can sharpen the church. That's right. That's right. And so Strive for unity. Yeah. Act in love. Yeah. 
and be uh, a person of peace. That's so good. So there good. You go. Dude, we, we, we made it to an hour. Woo! Hey-o. Long haul. All right. Well, listeners, this is this is the first yeah. of this style. Hopefully, it was some feedback edifying. Would be helpful. Yeah. If if it's positive, <laughs> if it's positive, then please do us a favor. Wherever you're listening, uh, leave us five star review. That's right. That's that right. really helps the show. We don't we don't uh, we don't get a lot of. <laughs> Of, uh, we don't get a quote, lot of attaboys or pats yeah. in the back, but there's we not should. a lot of cash. Let's just say there's not a lot of cash flowing through this this uh, venture. Mm. However, we did get another supporter on Patreon. So, no way. Yeah, thank you, man. I can't remember his name right now. I want to say it's Ben. I could you be were wrong just now. like ready to say like thank you. Ah, feel bad about Holy that. Holy Spirit, you know who they are. Yes, and you, <laughs> listener, know who you are. I've sent you a message. We're gonna thank you when we get done with but, this. Rob will share the name once he figures it out. If I remember, but. For those of you who do not have any dollars to part yes. with and you want to support the show, a five-star rating does really help. It's free. So, it's free for you. Free for us. Yeah, it's free. I mean, free for everybody. Let's get on it. So, yeah, thank you for that. Um, hope you guys had a wonderful Christmas, wonderful New Year's. Yes. And if you want to know more about the show, just head over to simpletheology.org. Mm. And you can also find us on social medias, but all that stuff's on there as well. You got it. So, thank you, simpletheology.org. Thanks for listening. Peace. Bye-bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.